so um, he definitely started to touch base on what I'll be following to the segue of uh, the fact that the black church is one of the oldest social institutions here in America um, that uh, cultivates our cultural heritage and experiences. Uh, one of the issues that um, Dr. Black did touch on is the uh, the lack of uh, commitment to the black church in today's contemporary society. Um, I think one of the issues with that is um, the focus on struggle. Uh, that's something that a lot of people don't want to acknowledge that African Americans are struggling financially, economically, socially, um, as well as um, um, cause, you know, within their cosmology. It's something that is uh, it needs to be addressed. Uh, during the 1980s, um, naturally, uh, there was a shift within the black church from the old traditional black church model, um, which I think is one of the causes, one of the root causes of this uh, rift between individuals who consider themselves uh, religiously bound and others that consider themselves severally uh, free, if you want to say, um, from the constraints of the, uh, the old mundane uh, conservative black church that a lot of us grew up in today. If you're from the South, naturally uh, there were certain things that the black church uh, implemented within the communities. And one of those things was uh, raising the uh, amusement and entertainment of that community. That was one of their uh, jobs to facilitate uh, opportunities for that community, for those individuals in that community to <coughs> reach and also have a good time. You know, everybody knows about the cookouts that churches still have today where you can buy plates. Um, also, there was music involved in that. Um, so naturally, during the 80s, 70s, and 60s, you know, we can keep going on and on back, and we'll always notice that there's a constant within that, and that is music and entertainment. You have to have music within the black church. Without it, um, it is no longer the black church. It's something totally different. Um, so naturally, it would make sense that musicians are some of the highest paid um, employees of the church. Um, I'm not sure anybody in here is a musician, um, naturally. Um, what what, 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 uh, what instrument do you play? Drums. Drums. Oh, well, you already know about the, the significance of the drum player within the black church. Without a drum player, it's just kind of an organ. Um, kind of sounds more so of being Catholic, it reminds you of the Catholic with the organ, pipe organ, and it's more windy. However, with the drum, you know, we bring in those African attention. And, and that's pretty much where I, I am um, focusing my in information on is focusing on those contentions of why the uh, why there is a been a, why there's been a shift between the traditional black gospel music that we uh, so prone to love and where do we see um, it transitioning to the more uh, secularized uh, Christian hip hop that we are actually seeing today. Um, so because they fell victim to those pressures of the 1980s, uh, we've seen the um, infiltration of uh, prosperity ideologies, which a lot of people are now growing accustomed to. Um, the self-help theologies, of course, were um, both in tandem with the uh, prosperity theologies, and as well as capitalism. So uh, those three root um, issues um, pretty much spurned why Christian rap has been has originated. Um, you know, it is also a union between the and prophetic cultures within the black church, but it also provides a space for um, the youth. Um, hip hop is a urbanized movement. It identifies the struggles of a, a certain demographic of people. And within the black church, there is a silent population and that is the youth. Uh, without the youth, the black church will um, 
soon find itself obsolete. And I think that with Christian rap, it is creating this space that will regenerate or reorganize black church to the point where it can be more contemporary in its approach and allowing youth to actually have a voice within that congregation. So Christian rap is a representation of the creative resilience of today's youth that adore popular culture, but subscribes to the doctrine of the black church. Uh, what I mean that is a lot of, and, and I've actually had opportunities to speak on other panels, and one of the uh, issues that kept arising with the youth was they felt as if that they were being told what to do in the church. This is how you conduct worship. Um, rap has no place in the church. Um, you have to keep things separate and keep things sacred. And it brought to the mind of what was, what was experienced in the 40s and in the 50s when it came to blues and jazz, where they were being ostracized from the church, and you have to choose you're going to be a gospel singer, or you're going to be a uh, lounge singer, if you want to say, or you know, you had to choose between the two. And if you chose that uh, commercialized uh, image of our music, uh, you were usually ostracized from the community. Um, hence, the reason why we've seen the cases with James Brown, uh, Ray Charles, and uh, many others. You know, we can name uh, Little Richard. You know, we can name a lot of uh, prominent musicians who started out in the church. Um, to bring that more contemporary, we can also look at uh, individuals such as Kirk Franklin and Ty Trippin, uh, who have both been ostracized for their type of music. However, what a lot of people don't understand is without having uh, individuals such as that, the youth would have not have been coming back into the church, um, as we've seen in the early 2000s, where um, naturally Stomp was a very popular song. But it did, not only did it not, it, it did reach uh, the gospel billboard charts, but it also reached um, the um, contemporary secular charts and billboards with just regular R&B and rap beats. So um, the, with the cultural religious roots of the, of Christian, um, of the Christian faith, um, it definitely appropriates why there would be Christian rappers, because um, even with Ray is being, has been quoted saying that um, that was something that really spoke to him of how can he remain Christian but how can he stay true to his uh, his craft, his art? He knew he wanted to be an artist. He knew he wanted to be a rap artist. So he and one of his friends actually created a record label here in Atlanta, Reach Records. Um, and at the time, they were all in um, high school. Some of them were going to the Boys and Girls Club, which a lot of people don't know is definitely rooted within the Christian faith uh, with the Boys and Girls Club. And uh, they came together and said, how can we um, attract urban youth into our church fold without sounding so uh, mundane or outdated, you know, and that was a way to pop up the Christian faith in, in a sense. And um, they did it, and it, it also they have a platform to showcase um, and argue that there is struggle within our, you know, within our community. Yeah. So, in, a, in an example, and um, this is actually you know, from October 5th of this, of this year. Um, McCray's new album is actually at uh, number 11 on the Billboard And it's entitled All Things Walk Together. And this is his seventh top 40 um, charting album since he's actually uh, started producing music. And that speaks volumes to who is his listeners, who is his audience, where are they uh, coming from. Um, in a previous research, I've actually um, tried to analyze where are the major demographics of black megachurches. 
And for example, a lot of the artists that are part of his reach record are located in some of these urban cities where there's a high um, concentration of black megachurches, which also are um, known to facilitate contemporary worship styles. So they, they actually understand that in order to attract others outside of the um, older generations, um, naturally they had to revamp where they were actually doing in the church. So um, Texas is another example, and, and so is uh, California. Uh, what makes Texas so it, um, interesting is they've been able to blend, and, and it's been quoted even on Pandora. Um, if you look at any of the artists, Lecrae, uh, Tripoli, uh, Tashiki, um, the um, 116 click, um, for example, which is a culmination of other artists, Andy Mineo, um, they all actually had a uh, understanding of merging the beats of, let's say, UGK or uh, A-Ball NJG, and they will actually take those beats and they'll actually modify the language or the rhetoric so that it promotes a positive Christian message. So they'll usually use biblical scriptures um, in their analysis within their um, lyrics to uh, pretty much uh, um, shed light on the struggle of youth and black youth um, in particular in that urban setting because they're being silenced um, and, but they still want to remain Christian because they want to adhere to that faith. Um, they definitely want to um, speak sound more prophetic, but not as secular to the point where it would take that Christian message. So with the commercialization of the black uh, religious music, um, in 2008, uh, there was a, uh, a, journal, a journal article that was published by Patricia uh, Turner and it's titled Getting Gospel Going. And she is quoted saying, but other gospel com composers, Kirk Franklin and Kirk Carr, contributed to the urban era of gospel music, which began in the 1990s and extends to the present. Hip hop became even more influential after, two, after the 2000s. Gospel music became, uh, began to take on a more global sound. And again, it's, it's, as a social institution, you have to progress, you have to uh, evolution. Uh, takes hold and you have to um, facilitate that because the culture of those people are changing. And the fact that we are dealing with uh, in an age of uh, political correctness where uh, you do have to um, understand that there are people out there that do, they do love the Christian faith, however, they believe that they're being silenced because of their, uh, their sex, their gender, their uh, political identification, their, um, their uh, economic income bracket. You know, all of this stuff kind of plays a part in silencing those individuals. And instead of being um, individuals who want to tear down the institution, what they're trying to do is just facilitate a, a means to uh, allow more people to have a voice. So, you know, some of the symbols that they use, they'll use um, the circle, they'll use, uh, you know, the internal unity. Uh, referencing 116, um, you know, definitely uh, is a uh, pawn on uh, Galatians, uh, which is talking about the empowerment, dignity of man, empowerment. Um, so I definitely think um, they're, they're, them being able to merge the two sexual and sexual together, it provides a more resilient effort to uh, produce more, um, you know, more fruitful music. You know, it just keeps the uh, transition going, the evolution of the music, evolution of the people. And it also shows the resilience of the black church to remain a uh, vital social institution for our people.